0: Two weeks left in the Big Sky Conference. It is week 11. Montana Mint Sports Podcast. I have Bear Tycoon with me. This is when we get our second wind, when it's basically like playoffs in November. Bear Tycoon, how are you doing, man? Yeah,
1: feeling great. Three-game win streak. Classic Grizz win. A slow first half. A dominating second half. uh, Number five team in the country. Things are feeling pretty good in Grizz country.
0: Yeah, there's another one of those uh, weird ones where... they're going to be losing at half, but then you know that they're probably going to win by 40 against a, such yeah. an inferior opponent. So, always weird when they start out that way, and we'll get to that game in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, just a normal normal day in Grizzland. And then also with the Bobcats, just so happy still that they're playing just the bottom of the barrel in the big sky right now just to, just to get <laughs> this warm-up for these last two games of the season. Hopefully the playoff berth because there's nothing that – I should say there's no remedy to losing, like having or getting to play Southern Utah and Northern Colorado back-to-back weeks. Yeah, but
1: it's almost like if you're super hungry and the only thing available is a sugary candy bar, like it's good, but wins over bad teams are just not that satisfying.
0: But that sugary candy bar, if you're really hungry, is going to keep you alive, just like these two teams did for the Cats postseason hopes.
1: Yes. No, it's certainly, it's been, I mean, we talked about the schedule, uh, in the off season, what a cakewalk this was for the, for the Bobcats. And it's been, it's been great for them. Um, and look, they, they have a huge issue at quarterback, which we talked about quite a bit, but it, what you want is games like this for your quarterback to, you know, get some reps in and hopefully get some confidence and get going. Now we haven't seen that it's the middle of November. We've seen no uh, signs of life from, uh, uh, either of the Bobcat quarterbacks, but it, these games are perfect for them, right? Get them a little confidence to close out the year. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that's just like you said, it's supposed to, uh, you know, give that quarterback position that maybe been struggling some confidence, but, uh, I don't think it's given anybody who's watching the games <laughs> any confidence. Yes. So, but we're going to start it like we always do. We want to take a look at week 10 in the big sky. Check out what went on. Which game uh, you know, caught your eye? Which one did you want to talk about first?
1: Well, uh, I kind of want to talk about the one that jumps out the most to me is Eastern Washington 48, Idaho State 5. Is there a funnier score in football than 5?
0: No. The end the game? Of and you know what? Coincidentally, I went over to the uh, Washington State and Cal game in Berkeley on Saturday afternoon, Whoa. Saturday Saturday evening, and there was actually the score was six to five at one point.
1: It was really <laughs> weird. You poke each other and make it. Whoa!
0: Is a, what it inning was, is it? Like so you get have this. all these like yeah. built in jokes. Yeah, I and you keep, made but that get joke a hundred times. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I I have good jokes. Um. No, but the so if I said to you it was six to five and a team had scored a touchdown, what would you have thought?
1: Well, it seems it seems unlikely. Well, that's it what happened? The, so, score a touchdown? Did they miss the extra point? Or did they go for two to get up by a field goal?
0: Blocked extra point returned for a two point conversion. There was not even a safety. Oh,
1: that's yeah. exciting.
0: That's a little twist, isn't it? <laughs> That is a twist. That's a yeah. Good twist. It was interesting. It was really weird. It was yeah. Six to five in a Pac-12 game, which you don't see very often. But that's nothing to do with the game we were that you were talking about.
1: Yeah, but huge. But it is out weird. The game. Uh, our boy Gunner Talkington got in. Of course uh, he did. He got in two for five, sixty-nine yards. Classic, classic Gunner. Classic Gunner. Uh, and a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> By the way, where did you I, see I, that he got sixty-nine yards? Where did I see that? Yeah on the in the box score.
0: He had twenty one um, yards.
1: Oh, I'm looking at the FCS stats box score for the game.
0: Ooh, stats doesn't have it
1: right. Well what's well what they say two to five, 69 <laughs> yards, and Eric Barrier ended with four hundred and six yards passing.
0: Yeah, I got four hundred and six for Eric Berrier also. Hmm. Something's there's, amiss. Something's amiss.
1: I bet Either you Tucker, there's. Gunner got in and and paid someone at Stats to change the his yards. Just give him an extra 48 just for yards. yards. Yeah, just there's a laugh. missing
0: 48 yards somewhere on Stats, and <laughs> I think Craig Haley would be the one to talk to, but he'll probably just tweet back at you and call you an asshole. Yeah, he's grumpy. Yeah, that's
1: his move. Um, but what was so funny about this game, and what I loved about it so much, was that they had two points. Idaho State had two points for the entire first half. So I obviously wasn't watching. This dog shit game but i was wasn't a game tracking you had on, it on my schedule phone. on, your s- no, on your schedule. It, it was it was so funny to keep oh it's fourteen to two twenty to two twenty seven to two like just these scores you never see there's something pretty satisfying about that
0: yeah Idaho state um a team that we thought was gonna be frisky I think they were one of our leading frisky teams of the year mm-hmm. uh they played you and I pretty close to open up their f c s slate and then beat Portland State, but then just crushed by Montana, beat by Idaho, beat by Southern Utah, beat by Northern Colorado. Now a beat down by Eastern Washington. Just a wee, yeah. just a bad season for all the way around for the Bengals, and that's why they're ranked uh, in the very bottom of the um, Montana podcast networks <laughs> power rankings. Big Sky Big podcast Sky podcast
1: <laughs> network power rankings. Idaho State, we had Andrew Howden on um, Big Sky Big Takes last night and asked him – we had a, we had three representatives of the teams not making the playoffs, so we can kind of cross them well, off. That's for the a year. fun one. Yeah, Andrew said – Full of optimism. Uh, and I asked him what happened. He said, uh, we just started turning the ball over. So that's yeah. not a recipe for anything. But good. Idaho State, awful. But they, this season, were receiving votes – for the top 25 up until week seven, seven of the 11 weeks, Idaho state receiving votes.
0: And that had to have been after their win against North Dakota, I would assume would have been when but they would have all still reason.
1: And then, yeah, we didn't know anything about them for the entire, entire season until conference play started. Then we figured out that they are not good. Not very good.
0: The worst in the yeah. big sky, according to the, the most respected media in the big sky.
1: Yeah, cuz they they had a division 2 game to start the year. Well, remember they had a bye week in week 1. Yep. Division division 2 game to uh for their first game. An FBS loss to Utah. So 3 games into the season, we know nothing about them. People keep giving them top 25 votes. Then a close loss at UNI, lost by a touchdown. A win over Portland State. So now we're at the end of September. Uh, with a big win, 51 24. Then they had that Montana game where they looked frisky for part of it. North Dakota win, and then they haven't won a game since. And they've just gotten smoked
0: the rest of these games. By the worst teams in the conference. Yeah. Yes. So By Idaho the State. Absolute
1: worst teams.
0: Yeah. Horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. But uh, also of note out of this game, when you look at it, Eastern Washington's definitely not going to make the playoffs, even if they run the table. They have Cal Poly and Portland State up uh, their next two games, which I, they're. Obviously going to be picked to win and will most likely win those, but they're not going to be able to get to their seven FCS wins if I'm doing my math right. You're doing your math right,
1: but there is a path for them if we have a chaotic five-way tie for the lead in the Big Sky and they somehow end up as the champion of the Big Sky Conference. We haven't I don't done. Know. I don't think it could happen
0: though. Well, they they, they can have get losses, into that they have five-way tie. They've lost to Montana and Sac State. I don't know. I don't know how the tiebreaker works. I can't remember. I did an article a couple years back, uh, three years ago, when the cats, two years ago, when the cats didn't make the playoffs, and it was about this time of year, maybe a week earlier, when I said the cats still had a route to the playoffs, and I went through the whole scenario. I'm not going to do that for Eastern Washington because that's up to their people that are on the uh, you know Kyle, uh, Kyle Kyler Neal. Yep. To do that kind of stuff for their team, the real experts on on Eastern Washington, but yeah, Eastern Washington's done, 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 all the way done. Oh, unless and, they're not. Uh, no, they are. They're done. Eastern Washington is about as done as you can be um, as a as a as a Big Sky playoff team, besides Idaho State, probably.
1: Yeah, Idaho State, done.
0: Done, but so is Eastern um, Washington.
1: Yeah, Eastern Washington though. Eric uh, did I think
0: he got player of the week, offensive player of the week in the Big Sky.
1: I think that's right. He is number two in the nation with passing yards. Uh, I mean, he's had a, a tremendous, a tremendous season, but the guys at the big sky, or I'm sorry, the, the Grizz fan pod made this point that he's putting up a ton of yards on bad teams. Um, and so it's like good year for him, but all that matters is winning. They're not winning. So they're not winning enough, not winning enough.
0: And, and winning uh, but, State. but, uh, between these two teams, and this is going to be a common theme through this podcast, I would take one of these two quarterbacks. And I obviously, obviously know which one it is. Uh, but add Eric Barrieri to the list of quarterbacks that I would take over anybody on the Bobcats roster. Okay. well, that's I mean, it's easy. obvious. It's very obvious. Yeah. But this is going to be something that we'll keep as we go through these games, see how many of those quarterbacks we would take uh, okay. or how many quarterbacks I would take to put on the Bobcats roster. Okay. I like it. Okay. So that was Eastern and Idaho State. Um, the next game up, that I mean, the thing about I all these this games, one. this the thing about all these games this weekend is it favored a pretty heavy favorite in most every single game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Actually, every single game featured. Yeah, no surprises. No surprises at all. So it's not like we're going to go into these, you know, these really close games or anything. Like I mean, there was some close games, but everybody was pretty well favored, and the matchups while well, the score showed. Uh, what we thought it would. The games were a little bit little bit crazier than we thought. But here's a game that wasn't crazy. UC Davis went to Portland State, knocked them off 45-28. to 28. UC Davis, obviously the opponent for the Montana State Bobcats this coming weekend in Davis. Did you see how I said this coming weekend? hmm I got it. Yep. So next
1: weekend is Cat Grizz. We next, next weekend is Cat Grizz. Next Gris. weekend
0: is UC Davis and Montana State, and then next, next weekend is Cat Grizz uh, in Bozeman. Yeah, this weekend? UC Davis, Montana state next this, weekend. This last weekend was Montana state versus Northern Colorado. Next weekend is UC Davis, Montana state. And then the next, next weekend is uh, cat Grizz. Okay. I think we have that, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So regardless, what we thought was going to happen, Davis came out, put a beat down on the Vikings scored 21 though, in the second, or I'm sorry, 21 in the fourth quarter to really put them away. It was 17, 14 and a half time. Portland state was uh, sticking around Mayor Meyer, which is funny. This is a little offshoot of Jake Mayer Meyer. I was watching uh, coach Choate's press conference yesterday on Facebook live or whatever it was. And someone asked a question about uh, Jake Mayer Meyer coming up. And when they said Jake Mayer, they kind of stuttered at the end of their question, <laughs> Like they were gonna put the Meyer on the end. And I just kind of started yeah. laughing to myself and I was like, Oh God, I wish it would have happened. Yeah. We've, because I, I, branded him. when I hear Jake Mayer, I obvi- I honestly will go Jake Mayer-Meyer. Like, now it's not even funny anymore. It's literally ingrained that's in my his brain name. that his name is Jake yeah. Mayer-Meyer. So, when I heard the guy go, whatever reporter it was, I don't know what, who it was, Jake Mayer. And I was like, oh, say it, <laughs> say it. He didn't say it, but that's my we, little uh, Jake who, Mayermeyer
1: story. Who was the Eastern quarterback last year? Gage uh, Gabbard. Yeah, he's another. We have a lot of tough pronounced names in the Big Sky Conference.
0: Yeah, Gage Gabbard. Gabrood.
1: Yeah. But anyway, Jake um, yeah, Mayer-Meyer Mayer had a great great game. Really good. Um, Gilliam had another awesome game on the ground, 242 yards rushing. That's pretty good. Yeah, so those Mate. are the two
0: guys when we look at the game coming up this weekend, which we will. Uh, Mayer-Meyer and Gilliam are ridiculous. Gilliam, 242 yards. But 75 of them came on one play, so really not that impressive if you take out yeah, the so 75 Yeah, only one hundred and.
1: 160 yards Ooh, or whatever. Quick math. Ooh. That guy's pretty close. Under like um,
0: 67. He's good. Okay. No, they have a good running back. He's really good. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, not much else to talk about this game. Uh, Portland State, that Davis Alexander, that quarterback, he's a little frisky too. His completion percentage was just under 50%, but he did have four touchdowns um, against this Davies or <laughs> Davies, these Aggie defense, uh, they rushed yeah. for about 150 yards. Montana state's going to need to put up a lot more than that this weekend. If they're going to want to win, uh, against UC Davis's defense, but you yeah, know, they too crazy about this game. Uh, except the fact that I would take two out of two of these quarterbacks to be on Montana state's team and start. Oh yeah. Well, what, I mean, Davis Alexander has f- flown
1: under the radar, uh, yeah. all year. If, if you look at, uh, passing leaders, individual passing leaders in the big sky conference. Cook is one barrier two, mayor Meyer three. And uh, in terms of yardage, Davis Alexander, number four.
0: Yeah, no, he's a good quarterback and you're right. He has thrown a uh, flown under the radar. I know the Grizzly fans uh, and players, I think were pretty impressed with Davis, Alex- Davis, Alexander, and how tough he was during that, that, uh, um, Portland state and Grizz game. Um, uh, And that's where I kind of started noticing him and then had another decent game against Eastern Washington, the four touchdowns, maybe not the yards to go with it, but uh, definitely would take both of those guys uh, to be on Montana State right now over anybody that's on their roster that's played.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a safe
0: bet. Yeah. So that's three out of the last four quarterbacks we've talked about, just if anybody's keeping score at home.
1: Okay. Actually, I am.
0: Yeah. One, two,
1: three. Okay.
0: Three. Three out of four. 75%. All right. So the next game we wanted to look at would have been North Dakota, a tough team, traveling to Weaver State. This is a conference game. So all of the different websites like Stats, Score, uh, I don't know other ones are out there. North Dakota counts as a conference game when they play these teams. So there's a lot of confusion yeah. out there. People think of Montana State only has one conference loss, and I'd like to think that as well. It is not true. North Dakota did beat us, but most of the websites do not have North Dakota counting as a uh, conference game for the Cats, but that's – not that important, I guess. Yeah, because I'm assuming I mean, the I'm, I'm sure assuming the Big the, Sky sure Conference playoff knows.
1: committee. Yeah, I'm sure the playoff committee is going to know.
0: Well, unless the playoff um, committee is looking at stats, like the actual website yeah. stats.
1: That's true. They're doing the same amount of research that we do before that we, the we do right podcast. before the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> but anyway, this game was insane. So you had the mm-hmm. number three team in the country in Weber State that had to rally. To knock off a pesky, pesky North Dakota team. This game makes me feel a little bit better about the Cats' loss to North Dakota. I'm just gonna say that it doesn't make me feel great, but it makes me think that North Dakota is a pretty solid team. They're five and four, but a pretty solid team. They were probably okay. a fringe, fringe playoff team. This game would have probably gotten them into the playoffs if they could, you know, if they win their last one, uh, whoever that's against, or their last two, whatever. But, uh, yeah, Sac State – or, I'm sorry, Weaver State had to come back. And this wasn't the onside kick game, That was Sac State NAU, right? Yes. This is good. This is really good podcasting by us.
1: Yep. No, it's, a, it's a
0: hard-fought game. Um, yeah, so Weaver scored two – or ten points in the last 250 to win this game. Yeah. So it was 27-20 to 20 with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. And Weber came back, got a twelve yard run from Constantine, and then a thirty two yard field goal with thirty one seconds left uh to win the game. Correct. Yes. No, that is correct. And Josh
1: Davis did Josh Davis got banged up and was out for a good chunk of this game, if I recall correctly. We're
0: not recalling this game really well. <laughs> I was traveling yeah. over to watch the Calwazo game. I had seen Montana State beat Northern Colorado, so I wasn't paying attention um Watching the Pluto feed of these games, yeah, no, uh, I was kind of watching the ESPN scoreboard. Yeah, Weaver is banged up. Um, well, Kevin Smith I, was the number one rusher for Weaver, so you knew that Josh Davis was probably pretty banged up. He only had two carries on the game.
1: Yeah, yep. Constantine had a ton of carries too. He had five. Five. Oh, I'm sorry, I get, I mixed him and Smith. Up. Oh my god, this is
0: maybe one of the worst games we've ever recapped.
1: Yeah, on this and, podcast,
0: it's almost embarrassing what we're doing right now.
1: Yeah, all right. End of discussion on that game. Wow. No more no more to report.
0: <laughs> oh no, there is. I would take two out of two of these quarterbacks.
1: You would take Constantine?
0: Yep. Constantine. Seventeen and of twenty three for two hundred and thirty yards against North Dakota. Who's North Dakota's quarterback. Nate Kettinger and Ham. Oh yeah. Three hundred and four yards against Weaver States D and three touchdowns. I would oh, take okay. both of these guys. And Jake Constantine, I know he doesn't put up these these ridiculous stat lines. When you look at um, the quarterbacks in the big sky, Constantine is literally right above Tucker Rovig in passing yards. But Rovig did nothing against North Dakota. At least Constantine threw for two touchdowns and had 230 yards. The only quarterback that got anything going against North Dakota was Troy Anderson. So if anybody yeah. hates me for saying they would take Jake Constantine over Tucker Rovig, you're just wrong. Like, you're just wrong. And you're... You're too loyal to your Bobcats.
1: Yes, completely agree.
0: So that is Um, what five, four, or five out of six.
1: Five out of five out of six. I'm keeping five five. out of
0: six quarterbacks that I would take over the current roster that we have.
1: Yeah. Um. Let's do this Idaho game. Our boy. Can or do we have any other non Montana
0: games? Well, of course we have like the craziest game of them all. Oh yeah. Okay. Sac State traveling to NAU. So Sac State again for their second week in a row without their quarterback, uh, Kevin Thompson, their star quarterback. For my money, the best quarterback in the league, even though the the uh, the yards may not show it. The winds are def the winds definitely showing and you can see how the Sac State team plays without him. But anyway, 38 to 34 over Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona put up a put up a fight in this game. And it all came down to an onside kick. So North Dakota, I'm sorry, Northern Arizona was up 34 to 24 with 5:42 left in this game. Sac State scores um, on a 30-yard pass to bring it to 34 to 31 with a buck 38 left in the game. They get the onside kick, and then with 23 seconds left, touchdown, 18-yard pass play. They go five plays, 49 yards in a minute 15, and win this game and absolutely shock Northern Arizona.
1: Yeah, and uh, not only adding to kind of the craziness at the end of it, the guy who recovered the onside kick also caught the game-winning touchdown. Pierre That's Williams, pretty cool. Yeah. So, and I think that so Sacramento State is having a tremendous year, and they've knocked off a lot of good teams since. Let me run this by you see if you agree. Since that uh, Weber State loss, so. I feel like following that Weber State loss, people got a little off on them um, and kind of relegated them to a 1B (laughs) in terms of, you know, tears and the big sky. Uh, I like this, like, gritty showing from them to come out, be able to fight back against Northern Arizona on the road. Like, this is a good teams (laughs) win these games. And I think they're,
0: I mean, I think it's a, a really, really nice win for them. You talk about that Weaver state game. Like it was, you know, three or four weeks ago and they've come back from that. That was just last, like two weekends ago. You're right. You know that I do, but it, uh, does it seem but, far longer than that? I mean, I, I'm not making fun that. of you. I was just thinking because the way you're talking about, it, I was like, oh yeah, maybe it was two, three weeks ago and they played a team in the middle, but it was actually November 2nd, just the week before.
1: No, but it, I, th- I guess my point is, and I did not articulate it well, is it, we built that game up as like, for this sure, is going to be sure. a great game of the year. And then it was such a, I mean, Weber state
0: had the, well, way Thompson's 36, and Thompson's, Thompson's injury was a massive, massive letdown. Yep.
1: Yeah, but I still think it like the balloon, the excitement in the balloon about Weber state, because they've been Sac so state. bad for so long. I'm sorry. Sac state. They've been so bad for so long um, that you're willing to like drop your enthusiasm about a couple them notches after yeah. one bad outing, and and so, I, I guess I maybe it was just me. It was kind of, after that Weber State game. I was like, well, they're not as good. You know, this team has flaws. Like they're good. They're obviously good, but not as good as maybe uh, I built them up in my brain. But after this week's game, like to me, this is a team that can do not. O- not only is a top team in the big sky conference, but also a team that can do some damage in the playoffs. I loved how they fought back and won this game. Yeah.
0: And they did that with Jake Dunaway, a quarterback who's definitely not no Kevin is definitely not a Kevin Thompson, Kevin Thompson. I think, I mean, it's kind of unbelievable how he flew under the radar going into this season. Even when you were looking at the all conference teams, honorable mentions, uh, when you're putting together your preseason poll, all those things, how this guy just totally went under the radar, came out, lit the conference on fire, and that's a huge injury for Sac State, and and you could tell in that Weber State game it deflated them. They were not the same. Obviously, Jake Dunaway is not a Kevin Thompson. In this game, it was kind of the same way. Uh, Kevin Thompson's in that game. I think they beat Northern Arizona by about twenty. Northern Arizona's defense yeah. is god awful. It's the worst defense in the Big Sky Conference. Yep. So if Jake Dunaway can throw for twenty, go uh, three hundred eighty-four yards and four touchdowns, can you imagine what Kevin Thompson would have done to this defense? So, you're right though. It's a greedy win and this is going to be one that pulls a team together. So when they do get Kevin Thompson back, hopefully this weekend. Uh it, it's a team that it's a game that helps this team move on. So I'm high on the Sac State Hornets. Uh kind of like you're saying this is a greedy win that kind of reinflates that balloon of expectations that we can have for them.
1: Yeah, it, it was just an exciting win. I Yeah. I love that I I don't know. I I was so happy for them and look, if Sac State becomes a team with sustained success. It's obviously good for the conference, but I'm going to start hating them. They're in this great window oh, for sure, yeah. where, uh, kind of like Davis last season was like, they haven't been good. We've never thought they were good. And now it's, they're winning and it seems not like a fluke. So I, for this season, I'm allowed to love them next season. Hate them.
0: Definitely. And they close out this season. Yeah. This season. Yes. So if they get Kevin Thompson back. I think they win their next two games at Idaho. And then the Causeway classic, they'll be at home against UC Davis um, on 11 23. So if they get Kevin Thompson back, I think they do win those two games that would put them. I mean, they're obvious. I think they're in the playoffs right now. they are seven and what are they? Seven and three right now. And that includes wins over um, a ranked Montana team. A ranked Montana State team, a ranked Eastern Washington team, so they're definitely in the playoffs. And these last two games will just put a cupcake on an amazing regular season for Sac State.
1: Well, I would not say they're definitely in the playoffs. They oh, only they are. Have six, they only have six.
0: They only have six. have six wins. Yeah. Oh, Southern Oregon, you sons of bitches! Yep. So, I mean, look, they should—they should, right. should be dominate yeah. Idaho.
1: Though, I did uh, on last night's Big Sky Big Takes uh, predict. An Idaho win outright. I forget my rationale behind it, but I'm standing. Oh, standing. God. You sprint. just want to
0: be. You just want to do it, just in case one of them hits.
1: Yeah. Well, also Paul Petrino, he's just a roller coaster. So he he's at Idaho. Idaho
0: hasn't won a what non-conference game for two years, or I'm sorry, has not won a road game in two years. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think
1: that's right. So it's. Uh, uh, they should. Sacramento state should win one of these next two day games. If they get up to seven FCS wins, they're obviously, they deserve to be in the playoffs because they have a lot of nice W's. They have not had an easy schedule at all.
0: No. So that game, I mean, case cookies didn't have his normal game, which I think is a testament to Sac state's, very strong defense. I think they, you know, lead the conference in sacks. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Case Cooks 186 yards and a touchdown. To have Northern Arizona still in this game after Case Cooks only goes for 186 is kind of amazing in itself. Joe, uh, I want to say Joe Logan. I'm just assuming just because I'm thinking Joe Rogan when I see his name. It is Joe Logan yeah. actually. Uh, nice. He, yeah, he, uh, he ran for 210 yards and three touchdowns. So they had some help from their running game. But uh, pretty impressive that Northern Arizona is even in this game to lose it in such heartbreaking fashion uh, with case cook is playing so bad.
1: Yeah. Sacramento state, according to hero sports has the, the second toughest schedule in all of the FCS.
0: And they have mostly dominated everybody except for Weber. Yeah. So that was a fun game. That one was cool. Montana.
1: Number five, Weber state. Number four. So it goes to show th- there's no way this is right that's not right.
0: It's probably in no. the conference
1: <laughs> no they have they have them ranked because they yeah they have them ranked differently. never mind
0: this segment is um,
1: we Sa- Sacramento Woo. state Sacramento State is they for strength of schedule number two in the big or in, uh, in the uh, all of FCS.
0: What the hell is going on?
1: I, th- I think I've landed this plane. It was a shaky, shaky approach. Sacramento State, they are number two strength of schedule. The other schools I listed, those numbers are incorrect, so ignore those.
0: They may or may not be. Well,
1: they're definitely not. I've okay. now cracked the code of how this thing is <laughs> set up.
0: Holy cow. Yeah. Let's, let's get to the next game.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, wait.
0: Sorry. Um, one out of two of these quarterbacks I would take.
1: So, oh yeah. So you would take? I'm assuming. Case cookies.
0: Uh Case Cookies. The jury is still out on whoever the hell Sacramento's Jake Dunaway. But you would, yeah. But you would take. But he had, but hell, he had 384 yards passing. So. And you would take. You I'd know what, get, Screw it. I'm taking. You him. would definitely take. I'm taking him. Yeah. You, no, you're right. And you didn't even talk me into it. I talked myself into it. I'm like, I giving looked at you that. the
1: Sacramento State oh my team God. quarterback.
0: Yeah. It oh, for matter. sure. For sure. Oh yeah. It doesn't matter which one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I would take Jake Dunaway for sure. Okay. So, right so is that now, all right. seven of eight? We'll get through all of these. That's yeah. seven of eight. We'll get through all of these and
0: we'll, we'll run through the
1: list. Oh my God. All right.
0: So you wanted to talk about Idaho and Montana next.
1: Yeah. Just because Idaho has been so fun to, to watch all year. So unpredictable. We never know what this wacky team is going to do. Um, and it looked like for the first few moments of this this week's game uh, at Montana that things weren't going to go well they jumped out to a 10 nothing lead the Grizz looked awful three turnovers in the first half um, down 10 nothing. you know I think everybody was pretty happy that it, that's where we were after the three turnovers. I mean, things could have been much, much worse. Uh, the hole could have been a lot harder to get out of, but looked like Idaho was gonna be frisky. It was uh 10 nothing then the Grizz went on a 42 to seven run uh, and and all was right in the world. but um it, it was just so fun seeing Idaho actually like sitting down watching and at some points I had to listen to. Uh, the game on the radio, but just paying attention to a full Idaho game was as good as advertised. (laughs) The coaching staff is mean We joke about them being bad. They seem like a train wreck the way that uh, they kept cutting away to the coaches, like screaming at their players. It it, it just, there was such a sense of dysfunction around everything that Idaho was doing. Um, Even when they were winning, yeah, they were up 10 to nothing. They were up 10 to nothing, but even then it was like look, if you get 3 turnovers early in the game, if you if you're winning the turnover battle 3-0, um and it's still I forget when the third turnover happened if it was uh end of first quarter beginning of second quarter, but if you it, it, you have to be up big if that is if those are the facts in front of you, especially at three, at
0: Washington Grizzly against a top 10 team, if you're gonna take in, yeah, if you're gonna take advantage of that turnover battle, you better score. Well,
1: but on top of it, Idaho received the ball, so they had like four, four kind of pos- extra possessions. You know, yeah, then they, they it, everything just was in their favor, and they could only come away with uh, a ten nothing lead. And you just you know when like you're watching an NCAA tournament game, a sixteen one, and I feel like every year at halftime. There is a 16 seed that is either winning or within striking distance over the number one seed, but you just know it's like, all right, these guys are going to turn it on, uh, knock these jokers out. That's what happened. Um, the Grizz just looked like a, a completely different team after then. And this is what they've been doing all year. Um, what I like about this Grizz win. And and I think what's what speaks so well to their uh, chances going forward is they, conti- they, they continue to win games in many different ways. They had to deviate from their game plan. Cam Humphrey, uh, you know, two interceptions before he got benched for Dalton Sneed. They, I imagine, were not expecting to bring Dalton Sneed in at all. Um, they had to pull an audible. The team rallied around them. They had a good game. They You know, Marcus Knight fumbled early on, so they had to get... Uh, uh, Nick Osmo in there to uh, spell him and they didn't miss a beat, you know, kind of being so deep, having uh, pieces that are that inter- interchangeable. Uh, it's it just as a fan, this is kind of the best case scenario uh, on the Grizz fan pod. They talked about the Grizz have not yet played a perfect game. And I, I strongly believe that every game I've watched of theirs this year, there's been something that, you know, there's a big time mistake. It hasn't mattered right? Like the only the Sacramento state game that was ugly, but otherwise the Grizz have just looked like such a solid overall team that it's uh it makes me very happy.
0: Yeah. But sometime if they're going to play, I mean, they got down, they get, they've been getting down early to teams. They honestly not lost. Anything. I mean, they were down at halftime, I believe to Idaho state. They were only at four to Idaho at halftime. Um, I think I'm trying to think of the other games that they were down in halftime or, or close to it, but, um, at some point, you, you think that may come back and bite them if they're going to play a team like Weber or Mo- even Montana State. Maybe someone better than, than Idaho or Portland State or the Idaho State win that they had. So
3: it is going to be interesting
0: to see if they come out fast this weekend against Weber, knowing that they have to, knowing that Weber is not going to be a team that's going to roll over once, you know, the, if the Grizz. You know, say Weaver gets out to a 10-0 start, the Grizz come back and go 14-10. A lot of these teams seem to be rolling over and saying, okay, we gave it our best shot, but now here here come the Grizz. It'll be interesting to see a team like Weaver State or even a team like Montana State where last year they were down, you know, quite a bit. Miracle, Missoula, they came back and won. Uh, teams that have some confidence in, it, in being able to come back against the Grizz and knowing that they're a good enough team to do it. It'll just be interesting to see if the Grizz can come back from a slow start, if it happens against either of their next two opponents, uh, or if they try and just come out of the box on fire Hoping that that doesn't come up again. Because you're right. They haven't. They've they've uh, been given teams' best punches and they've, they've come out mostly in the second half and, and, and taken it to them. But you wonder how long that's going to take. And I don't think any team has played a perfect game ever.
1: Right. I mean, that's. It, I know it's, it's a uh,
0: hyperbole. It's, like nobody's played a perfect game or the best game of all time. Anything like that. I get that for sure. Right.
1: Um, and I, I mean, some teams are just if if look if your strength is kind of coaching in depth then it makes sense that you are going to have an advantage later in the game right like that that's where you're built for your advantage you're making adjustments you have players that are interchangeable you know more interchangeable so they can come in and and so i kind of hate how, how you you insist on like dissecting the games into quarters or into halves and like you know well, cause it matters. This half plus this half but what matters is the W at the end. The Grizz, look, it's frustrating that they start out slow. It's unquestionably frustrating, but they're eight and one in FCS games, and with against a very tough schedule. And so I am, yeah, you know, it, it, it is frustrating. I wish that they were, you know, coming out of the gates strong, but I like the outcome. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, like, me- like we
0: talk about every Big Sky win is a Big Sky win, and that's all you need. Every FCS win, you know, we talked about beating the Monmouths and the uh, Wagner's and the uh, CW Posts and those kind of teams. It's an FCS win, right? Like, yeah. totally fine. But you also have to look at can a team sustain being down – continually and they so far they have and they obviously have made a ton of second half adjustments which shows good coaching and i think the cats do a lot of the same thing uh with some of their second half adjustments and you're right it's all about i mean cats were down 21 to nothing to nau and came back and won that game you know good teams will pull them out the better team is going to win most of the time in those situations um but i think i dissected that way just because there are some times if you get down to a really good team it's gonna be really really hard to come back, whereas if you get down to Idaho State, now we know that that really wasn't that hard to come back and beat them by 70. They probably should have beat them by 80.
1: Well, I mean, they won by 39 points, so ultimately. Well, they should it. have beat by 80. <laughs> right. Sure. At the time, um, we thought
0: that they were strong. We were, they were frisky. Yeah,
1: Idaho State was receiving votes still. They were. The 25. They were.
0: But, yeah, another fun win over Idaho and another, you know, Idaho can't win on the road. It's been two years since they've won on the road. Uh, so... Maybe. Yeah. And so
1: obviously, all right. So in terms of quarterbacks, you would obviously take either Grizz quarterback. So we'll give you Grizz team quarterback. Grizz team QB. Um, And then I think the question, the big time question is what about Mason Petrino? What about Idaho's Mason
0: Petrino? Okay. And and this is going to be a deep dive into Mason Petrino. And I think you know you and I both talked to Brian Marceau, yep, the Idaho fan extraordinaire from um, the Big Sky Podcast Network. Um, we have two fantastic Idaho fans who somehow uh, actually keep talking Big Sky football. Love their Vandals so much, and love the Big Sky and the FCS so much that they, that they keep talking to us about their Idaho team. But he did a deep. He actually was the one that did the deep dive in the Mason Petrino. And this all came yeah, up. We're gonna we were,
1: we're gonna steal this credit. Yeah, we're gonna steal his work, take the credit, Jerry. Cut out all this talk yeah. about Brian.
0: Whoever he is. Um, okay, so
1: Nate and I did a bunch of research on yep. Mason Petrino. And why tons. don't you just kind of start off with, with your favorite factoids.
0: Okay, so my favorite factoid about Mason Petrino, the coach's son, after two years of development in the Idaho system. hmm, I think my favorite thing about him Is he (laughs) – there's not much to like about him, honestly. I'm looking through this shit, and there is, like, literally – I was like, what is my favorite thing? And it's all just shit, which is saying something because, I mean – Okay, here's a good one. In the FCS games that Petrino has started, the FCS games, Idaho has averaged 22 points per game. That would be second worst in the league, only second to the god-awful offense of Cal Poly.
1: Yes. That's a good one. Um, Mason Petrino's best FCS game is probably on par with some of these other quarterbacks that we've already listed off that are on your wish list, uh, as their worst games. But Mason Petrino's best game is against Eastern 22 for 31 for just 240 yards. Uh, and an interception. Now Granny did have three touchdowns so that's pretty good. But 63 rushing his, yards too. So
0: he, he accounted for 300 yards. Best game.
1: Best game pretty like average big sky
0: game. Right? But I would love that game out of Tucker Rovic against an opponent like Eastern Washington.
1: Oh yeah. Don't even give me his worst game. His worst game which is my favorite stat out of <laughs> all of these was at Portland State. He went 8 for 15 for 70 yards, zero touchdowns and two interceptions. Just
0: perfect. You know what's kind of it's funny, perfect. and this kind of is a good segue. I mean, we, we can keep talking about Mason Petrino, but kind of a fun segue into the Montana State game.
1: Well, let's keep going on Mason. Petrino. Well, there's
0: a there's a oh. there's a correlation though on that one. Okay, go ahead. Because so we just talked about Mason Petrino's worst game, like you said, being against Portland State not known as an FCS power on defense or, or you know pass defense or anything. 8 of 15 70 yards and two picks. That's not good at all, right? Nope. So, we go over to the Montana State Northern Colorado game from last weekend. And we want to look at how the amazing Tuckerovic did <laughs> <laughs> against one of the worst defenses in the league in Northern Colorado. Tucker Rovig went ten for fifteen for seventy seven yards, a touchdown and an interception. He accounted yeah, like Montana that's horrible. That's bad. Okay. okay. And like Montana Parlay has, has talked about a couple times, he accounted for fifty percent of Northern Colorado's points <laughs> by throwing <laughs> another pick six. Which we know that they're gonna they're gonna keep coming, how slow he is to release the ball. He stared at receivers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So do you think Tucker Roeb's floor uh, is the same as Mesa Petrino's floor. Yeah. Um, Do you think in college, you know, when when a
1: quarterback gets sacked, that lost yardage counts against his rushing rushing total? It does, Do you think that – well, I know that, but do you think in college they should uh, subtract interception return
0: yards from your passing yards? That's actually a good idea, and it makes sense. It would that would not in be in this case he in this case he would have gone Mason from or Tucker No, but in this case he would have gone from 77 passing yards to 67 cuz he threw it and it was a 10-yard return. So, yeah. That but one that wouldn't would not hurt so bad. It would give
1: opportunity for uh negative passing yard games, which would be pretty fun. Which would game. be fun. Yeah. Um all right, back to Mason Petrino. Let's knock off a few of these other hilarious stats of his. Uh so his game against Montana was actually his highest passing yards in a game uh, this season, 242 yards. Uh, That also came with four turnovers, two interceptions, two lost fumbles, and uh, approximately 15 dirty looks and screams from his father on the sideline. Uh, When it comes to his starts this year, so Brian, I mean, we, me and Nate went through and took out the Penn State loss and their win over a (laughs) D2 school. Uh, because we don't want to mess. We didn't up want the to stats. mess up the stats, yeah. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on this. Oof. Um. So out of those, uh, he is 11th in passing yards in the Big Sky. He's in a three-way tie for 10th in passing touchdowns. He only has six touchdowns so far this year. Seven interceptions on the year. I mean, it is 12 turnovers. It is just so sloppy. And this goes back to watching the Idaho sideline. This doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, Paul Petrino is checked out and he's an angry coach. His players probably don't like him. I can't speak for the players, but I wouldn't want to play for the guy. And this is kind of the lack of discipline that you, that you're going to get out of a team and poor Mason Petrino has to deal with it at practice and at home.
0: Yeah. It's not an enviable position for Mason Petrino one being a shitty quarterback and two being a shitty quarterback on your dad's team. And most people think that's probably why you're starting. Like just all around kind of a shitty college experience to end uh your playing career i know he can always go back to the uh the fact that it was really cool that he got to spend that time with his dad and he got to play you know football for his dad um at a one-time fbs school but um i think you would have had more fun elsewhere you know
1: yeah and like it it sounds nice
0: um sounds nice when you're telling your kids and 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 paul petrino's grandkids that's when it sounds fun
1: Maybe, but it'd be like going back to work for your dad's business and then you're, you get there and you realize your dad is just running this one successful business into the ground and he puts you in charge of everything and you don't know what you're doing and you just make everything worse and your dad is now passing the blame on to you in front of
0: everybody. While he's still That's... making hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah, while still... and while you're making nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sounds... You just have an internship. That sounds shitty. <laughs> and you're the reason why they suck, yeah.
1: Yeah, you have an internship, but then you become the CEO or the managing partner, your dad's the CEO, he blames everything on you and just screams at you in front of all the other employees, and then the business is gonna just crash and go completely under. That's what
0: the Petrinos are doing.
1: Petrino Inc.
0: Now, if you were a head coach and, and you were the dad of a of a let's say let's let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum, like a five star quarterback, say I don't know, uh you're Lincoln Riley down in Oklahoma, and you have a kid, and he's a five-star quarterback. Could you pay him an extra allowance or pay for things to get him to come to your school and just call it, like, family gifting?
1: Probably. Um, it, I mean, your kids can certainly take advantage of your wealth, right? Um yeah. And, like, parents are allowed to buy... I bet you there's some traceability that's required. Um, so if like your dad, if the coach is buying his star quarterback, a car, like it probably needs to come from his, you know, from the coach's uh, from his mom wealth and not from, not from you know donors or anything, but that's a good question. I do know that that teams take advantage. Um, and I heard this somewhere now that I'm about to say it out loud. I don't know if this is actually true, but let's <laughs> it's, pretend it's true. I may have drunk uh. this. I might have dreamt this or heard it from somebody who was making it up. But uh, so if you're a employee of a university, oftentimes your kids can go for free. And so if you're Paul Petrino, you can get Mason Petrino on with your employee Discount allowance, we'll say. and then you don't waste a scholarship on him.
2: Hmm.
1: Someone fact-checked us. Someone please let me know if that's true because – that is a fact that I have been saying out loud for I don't know the past 15 years. Every time I see a son on uh, on on his dad's team, like Brad Calipari college. when he was
0: on Kentucky's basketball team. Yeah,
1: I just always say this like fact. I don't know if this is actually true. I don't even know who told me this. I may have just made it up 15 years ago and ran with it. So someone
0: let me know. Someone yeah. So someone actually tweeted at us when we were talking about Long Island University CW Post campus and like let us know that CW Post was the creator of like the or the founder of post serials all that kind of stuff so people are, we have some really really smart listeners out there yeah. and ones who are willing to go the extra mile to investigate with us so if actually, someone I'd could write that down as their I'd homework
1: i prefer if it was that same guy he did a nice job he did a really but nice that job same guys listening yeah your homework for this week look into this uh, father son scholarship gimmick please say please please thank you thank you thank you and then we'll take credit for your research on yeah. the air next week. Yep. We kind of gave him credit okay. this week. Yeah, we did. But right, you started on the Bobcat game. I'm going to find this guy's uh, name because I do want to give him credit. <laughs> is it is like Logan Dennis? There's no, a Dennis start... in there somewhere. Yeah. All right. What happened with your uh, Bobcats?
0: <laughs> You're not even listening now. No. <laughs> Oh like wow! Talk, I'm just talking to a microphone. Um, Whoa! So obviously a, a fantastic win for the Montana State Bobcats over the, the you know, a, a traditional power in the Big Sky, Northern Colorado. They're not last in the uh, Big Sky Podcast Network's power rankings, uh, so it's not like they're beating up on the worst team in the league uh, by any means. But 45 to 14, another 40 plus point performance by the Montana State Bobcats you just have to think they have all the momentum going into this UC Davis game. Um, I'm kind of kidding there because our quarterback situation is still God awful. I'm very, very depressed. I should be happier after a game like that. Uh, considering that Montana state had like 15 people carry the ball and get rushing yards. They rushed for 451 yards on 46 carries. It's about 10 a carry against this lowly Northern Colorado team. um, it, it was fun to watch. It's a win that you, you have to have and need to have. And it's in Greeley, so it's always good to get a road win in the FCS. But, God, it's just so sad to see the state of the Montana State quarterback position right now. Uh, like we had previously talked about, Tucker Roeve goes 10 of 15 for 77 yards. He throws a pick six in the first quarter that brought the score to 7 to 7. Luckily, Northern Colorado is dog shit. And Montana State was able to rush or, you know, run off the next 45 points. It was 45 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Casey Ballman comes in to clean everything up, goes three of five for 34 yards, but still the mechanics are just all jacked up on him. He's not the future of this program either. Um, but my highlight from the Montana State quarterback position, did you see Did you see Troy Anderson's touchdown pass? Oh, yeah. It was Tim Tebow in the FCS, like we've always called him, the FCS Tim Tebow, running up to the line, shoots like a jump shot. It wasn't even like a jump pass. He was like literally shooting a basketball uh, and caught by uh, – if I'm not mistaken, that one was Derek Snell for the touchdown or it was, no, it was Jason Scrampos. Sorry, my bad. Jason Scrimpos, uh, for the touchdown. And, uh, that's an offensive, that's a defensive lineman getting that touchdown there. He celebrated a little too much, spiked the ball, got a, got a nice little, uh, 15 yarder on the kickoff, but, Pretty cool to see. And it was just fun to see Trey Anderson doing the little jump pass and looking like he's having fun and looks a lot healthier now. So that was my initial thoughts on the Montana State game. A, a win that you had to have, a win that you should have had, a win that it was nice to see you putting someone away 45 to 14 like they did, uh, especially on that all natural grass and greeley that makes everybody slower. Um,. I'm just yeah. excited. to. I mean, there's these games, and I think we talked about it. it the It was Southern Utah and, and Northern Colorado, and while they were needed for the team, for the fan base, to just see a couple W's on their schedule um, and, to, and to get some momentum, it wasn't like you were just looking forward to Saturday to this game and the last game, you know what I mean? It was one of those ones yeah. where you're like, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not going to like go grab a bunch of beer and grill out and watch these games. Like I'm just going to watch it and then go along with my day because we're probably going to beat them by 30-some, right?
1: Yeah, but, I mean, having, you know, winning past two games, a combined score of 87 to 21, that gives you a little pep
0: in your step. It does. It gives like your defense the, a little pep in your step, just knowing that you could hold those teams to what they did. Uh, and Especially
1: I think, after that three-game stretch that you guys had.
0: Well, it was two games and a bye. <laughs> so a three-week stretch. Well, but stretch then you step. had the Cal Poly game. True, true. So, yeah, the fourth quarter of that game on, you're right. Yeah, it was much needed in that sense. Um, Coach Cho said in his press conference this week that he was probably – the defense. We just talked about how you can't play a perfect game. He said they basically did. The defense played a perfect game against Northern Colorado, uh, running their scheme. Said K9 did a great job with their scheme. So that you're right. The defense has been flying around. And once again, like you have to, you have to take it with a grain of salt in a sense because it's against two horrible, horrible teams in Northern Colorado and Southern Utah. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, it can't help but give you a little bit of that fun playing football again. Get that taste of losing out of your mouth. You know, yeah. just dominating it's opponents fun. like that. It's
1: fun to stomp teams. For sure. And it's that's why, to... like, I
0: play video games on, like, JV level.
1: Yeah, but is it one of the best feelings in the world? And this happened in the, the Davis game um, and the Idaho State game by the end of it. But you, get, you meet up with a bunch of people to watch the game. So say you can't go to the actual game, but you meet up with folks to watch it. And then, you know, it just becomes a blowout at some point, And then you're all just celebrating and not even really watching the game. And all of a sudden you get another touchdown and like you're cheersing. Like it's really a nice way to spend a Saturday.
0: True. It is in that sense. You're right. You're right. You're right. But this one, but I'm just glad that we're done with those two teams in the sense of just being excited for the weekend for Bobcat football and being able to take, you know, like you know, we'll talk about the games upcoming, but to to look forward to the Davis game and, this is one and it's obviously a playoff game so it's it's a lot more exciting for these games coming up and, and I mean that goes without saying for Cat Grizz but um, just wasn't an exciting two weeks for you know being a fan and wanting to feel really good about your team or thinking they're taking major steps but two good weeks as a fan just to see W's next to their the the games on that schedule yeah and yeah, seven and it, three it, looks amazing next to the cats you know record after the last couple seasons last three seasons four seasons five seasons just seeing seven and three feels pretty good.
1: Definitely. And and just to go back, Thomas Dennis, you're right. Dennis, he's the one who did the research on the CW post. Um, and so Thomas, as our head researcher, please look into um, <laughs> whatever your assignment was that we just, it was to look up you.
0: bear tycoons, random knowledge. That oh a yeah. The public employee clinic. or a, um, a university yeah. employee gets free tuition for their children uh, to come yep. to that university. All right. Thanks Thomas.
1: All right. But yeah, cat fans, Be happy with this. You have two really tough games. And if you look at kind of your schedule, the only, you know, even that North Dakota loss doesn't look that bad, right? It's on the road. North Dakota is a fringe playoff team still. So, and you lost, yeah, I mean, your offense hasn't looked good, but you're winning games that you should, and you're putting yourself in a position to uh, close out the
0: year strong. I think and – and then, you know, it's not to just beat down on Tucker Rovick in the quarterback position, but it would have been nice. We kind of talked about it. It would have been nice to see some development, to see some confidence from that position. Like, have to – I mean, I know you don't have to when you have all these guys carrying the ball. Logan Jones had 11 carries for 122 yards. Like, he's averaging 11 yards a carry. You're going to keep feeding him, right? Um, Lane Sumner had seven carries for 72 yards. Like, those guys together averaged over 10 yards a carry. Like, why not just keep feeding the, the, the dudes who are rolling over – the defense, but it would have been nice to see some sort of rhythm from Tucker some confidence, some quickness in his progressions and his throws. And you just don't see it. And I think that's probably the most frustrating parts for cats fans is even going against two very subpar teams. You're not seeing any step forward by Tucker Rovick. And, and that's a little disappointing yeah. and a little cost yeah. for worry when you come up against two way better teams in, in Davis and the, and the Grizz in the next two weeks.
1: Yep. Yeah, and I mean, they obviously need to win one of these games. I do. It, Part of me thinks that you guys, I mean, you guys are, have so many offensive, despite your quarterback being garbage, you have so many weapons on the offensive side. Uh, where I, why wouldn't Jeff Choate kind of go back to this offense that's led, not maybe keep roving in at quarterback, but just led by Troy Anderson? Yeah. or even I, I, to me, at this point in the season, it's not about have to go all in <laughs> on what works. And so maybe, you you know, you play Rovig this week uh, at Davis, but then against the Grizz, be like, all right, trot out. right, got to win this. we got to win this. We're going to trot out Troy, and if we make the playoffs, we are just going to run, like, this hybrid uh, option-type offense yeah. and just try to run over
0: everybody. Well, that's what I – and I talked to a couple of people uh, via Slack and via text during these last couple of games, and, and it does look like that Cho finally gave up on the development part of this quarterback position, I think, the last two games – Anderson is coming out, has come out and take the first couple snaps. If I'm not mistaken, I know he did against Southern Utah. I can't honestly can't remember just specifically if he did this game, but he's getting that more time playing that quarterback position. It seems like they're working him into more of a game plan, which does make me think that Chubb was finally like, "Screw this development thing. Rovig is not our long term answer. We need wins now. It is not about developing this kid for the later in the season or next year. It's about winning yeah. now." And you've seen Trey Anderson, I think, get a little more involved in that offense, and I. I the next two games are must win for the Cats if you want a, I mean obviously if you want a guaranteed playoff spot. And so I think it's you open you up guys the, are sitting like, at 7 and 3. Seven. It's not it's not like a, I, I, there's a there is an outside shot that Montana State loses the next two games and still makes the playoffs with that yes, 7 and 3 record. 7 you, and 5 at that.
1: You need nine. to win one of the next two. These are both For sure. Tough, well, they're both tough, definitely tough games. Well, they're yeah. But I, and you are I mean you're underdogs in this Davis game.
0: Right? For sure. Yeah. We're probably going to be the underdogs. The next, we're the underdogs the next two weekends, unless Montana loses to Weber. We absolutely murder UC Davis, and they see us, and it's either a pickup or Montana State being at home gets us, you know, a couple points. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is nice to see Trey Anderson getting some reps again, getting involved in this offense, and hopefully, maybe creating a little bit more momentum going forward, especially as we hit the most the two most important games on our schedule all season. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well. That's a uh,
1: and and you have we got big announcement. Old Hot Take Nate's going to be at the game this week. I
0: will be at the game in Davis. If you see me, you don't even know what I look like, but just come say hi. I'll buy you a beer. Mm-hmm. Um I will tweet out <laughs> where our location is on a Saturday. I don't know exactly where it is. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell you do up in Davis to tailgate. They have like these parking passes, but I can't tell if you need one to park on campus. They're like 60 bucks the day of the game. So I'm really confused. I might just go up there in the truck and try and figure it out and just park, you know, um, really anywhere that there's a spot for us to crack a couple Coors lights and uh, have some tri-tip and, and, and uh, hopefully watch the, the Cats win. But I'll, I'll uh, if you see me, I'll treat out my location. Come see me, I'll give you a Coors light.
1: I love it. And uh, I'm assuming Jacob Nip, you would trade him for... Oh, hell yeah.
0: All right. So... I think we've come to the conclusion that I would trade Tucker Rovig for literally any quarterback in the Big Sky Conference besides the dude from Idaho State.
1: Yeah, and someone must have had a bye this weekend.
0: Southern Utah. I wouldn't trade for Southern him. Utah. I saw him play. No, I wouldn't actually do that. Yeah.
1: Okay, so Southern God, Utah's
0: quarterback. It's not all lost. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: all right. Oh
0: Southern God. Utah's quarterback in Idaho State. Yep, uh, that's the state right. of Montana State, and they're 7-3. and three. Just a, How crazy is that? They're 7-3 and three this year with a quarterback that I would trade for Every quarterback in the Big Sky except two. That's
1: great. All that matters is winning. Um, should we toss it over to yeah. parlay? Yep. Let's and toss then... it over to
0: Montana Parlay. Okay. And I do. While we're doing this, do we have any company business to do right now? Do we have any interviews? Do we have anything from Weber State? Yes.
1: We have a <laughs> interview. Yeah. Coming up right after
0: the. Montana parlay um, <laughs> with coach Jay Hill. It's become that point in the year where we, at the beginning of the year, we had like three or four pages of outline of what we wanted to do on this podcast. Yeah. And it's a long season. What? It's like an NBA season for us.
1: Yeah. We're going to make it. We're going to make it to the end.
0: We've now started talking through our outline in the pod. We absolutely this is murdered
1: coach Jay Hill.
0: Yeah, it'll be a good one, but we absolutely murdered the, um, what was it? The, the, the Weaver State game recap absolutely just murdered oh, yeah. that. Cr- crushed it. Yep. Mon- um, it. Bear Tycoon absolutely nailed his strength of schedule statistic and took five minutes yep. to get through that. <laughs> I stammered through my Montana State um, recollection. I had a couple beers at that Washington State Cal game and probably forgot 33% of the Montana State game somehow. Then we get to this point, and now we're just doing company business live on air and talking about all yeah. of our fuck ups.
1: Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> over to you,
0: Montana Parlay. On oh, that note, Montana Parlay with his Parlay picks, directly followed by interview with Jay Hill of Weaver State.
3: Welcome to another edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. We've only got 2 weeks left in the Big Sky Conference regular season and it's time to write the ship. Looking back, I think it's best I do not pick Cat or Grizz games any longer. Emotions are too high and my record is atrocious on those. Otherwise, I'm doing pretty well. We're making some money and if you follow the uh, Big Sky Better Lines on Twitter at the Big Sky Podcast Network Twitter feed, you'll notice I'm doing pretty well on those as well. So let's take a look across the big sky at the lines this week. Weber State comes to Montana in what is the showdown of the big sky. First place is on the line, and the Grizzlies are favored by four and a half points. It's too bad we can't bet first and second halves or we could be making millions off the Grizz this year. Montana State travels to UC Davis in a nearly do-or-die game where the Cats are three-point underdogs. If Montana State does not win this game, then everything is on the line next week at Cat Grizz. Let's hope the Cats pull this one out. The line I like right now is... North Dakota, 16-point favorites at home against Northern Colorado. North Dakota's getting stronger. They're in the playoff hunt. They have a potential letdown after a close loss against Weber, but I think they come out strong and blow Northern Colorado out of the water at home. They win by three scores. Let's put 20 minties on that game. That'll do it for this week's picks. Good luck to all you gamblers out there.
1: Here with Coach Jay Hill of Weber State. Obviously coming off a very exciting season last year, a deep playoff run for Weber. Coach, I'm interviewing you in July. We're running this in November. You're about to play the Grizzlies in Montana. Uh, so I realize we have a, a long distance between the two, these two items, but I wanted to just kind of get your perspective on how you're taking the success from last year and building on it
2: into uh, 2019 season. Well, last year's success means nothing for 2019. I, I really believe that if if our players think we're going to be successful in 2019 because we were in 17-18 that that's not how it works. This is a new team we got to go out and perform each and every week we got to take care of the ball each and every week and understand that in this league anybody can get you and you can go from the top to the bottom really fast that's been proven the last couple of years on a couple teams you can go from the bottom to the top really fast. Um, Every year there's a couple teams pick to finish high that end up low and vice versa. So uh, I, I think we did a really good job last season of keeping our expectations high and sticking to our plan to win and we had success in back-to-back-to-back years and now we got to do it again so on kind of that that issue of uh uh, you know teams going from from first
1: to worst and how how much that you attribute to uh, the the size of the big sky conference and the difference of schedule you can have every year for example we're looking back or we're looking forward to this season now in july the bobcats and the grizzlies have two like opponents going into into the year does that play into it I don't think so. Because
2: the, the league's not that way. You say, oh, well, we got a lucky draw. We don't have to play this school and this school. But guess what? At the end of the year, you might have played all the top teams in the league. And you just never know who is going to be there. Uh, I'm a little disappointed we don't play Eastern and Montana State this year. But who knows? The teams we play might end up being first, second, third, fourth, fifth in the league. You, you never know who's going to be at the top of the league so I don't think that plays into it the only thing I don't like is that in the end you might have two teams with the same records and they didn't even get to play each other so is that it's something where if the
1: FCS changed how the rules work and we could have a conference championship game
2: is that something I won't ask if you support or don't support it but is that something you think would be good from a fans perspective well it could be but 13 teams makes that really hard have yeah. a championship game I don't know how you do that um, but yeah, conference championship game would be all right. I, I think that that's healthy. I think that that's one more way to generate some interest, but not with 13 teams. Um, So the one thing you
1: can control is your uh, your regular season schedule, conference schedule. You don't have much say in or any say in. Your out-of-conference schedule, that's obviously something the team puts together. You all, we don't know how you did, but you have a very tough out-of-conference schedule with games at San Diego State, at Nevada, and then a home game against Northern Iowa. When your piece, what's kind of your, what's your strategy going into uh,
2: piecing together your out-of-conference schedule from year to year? Well, we want to play good teams. We want to be ready for the conference season. We don't want to play a schedule such where we think we're going to get beat up and injured and all that stuff, but we want to perse- we want to prepare ourselves for the season. And if you haven't played good teams, then I don't think you're going to be ready. Uh, two years ago, almost beating Cal at Cal was one of the biggest... Jump starts you could have to a year because if we can stand toe to toe with a Pac 12 team and a good Pac 12 team at that, then we knew we could compete in the Big Sky Conference. So I want to continue to put our team in those situations where we have to compete against great teams.
1: Got it. Last question after you, Coach, you're going to be coming into Montana this week when the interview airs. The crowd there is obviously the biggest in the Big Sky Conference, one of the loudest in the conference. Two weeks before that, you're going to Sacramento State where they don't have the 20,000 people in the stands. As you're preparing for these two types of games, what changes
2: in your approach to them to get your players prepared? Not a thing. I've played in loud stadiums before. I've played in places that are much louder than Montana.
1: Oh, where, where is that?
2: I was in the Pac-12 for a long time, the University of Utah gets brutal loud, BYU, brutal loud, Oregon, brutal loud, Washington, brutal loud, so I played in those stadiums and if your players know going in, hey, it's going to be loud, we got to handle the noise, we've got to do some things, North Dakota we played at in Fargo, North Dakota State, those places get stupid loud. And if you just handle the situation the way it's supposed to be, then it, it doesn't go, from, it goes from distracting to fun. And we played, my second year at Weaver State, we played at Grizzly Stadium and we played great. And if you go in there and you play great early and you jump out to a good lead early, then crowds go fly.
1: One more question, we, had, we asked our fans uh, something we could ask all the coaches. This is one that was submitted by one of our listeners. If you had to compare Weaver State to an NFL team, what NFL team would it be with the, with the sense being that North Dakota State would be the New England Patriots?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> sch- schematically, the, I don't know. That's, I don't know how you compare that because the NFL teams are always changing so much. Um... Uh, I can tell you that I'd probably say, like, the Seattle Seahawks. I think they play similar style defense as we do. I think their offense has the ability to get packed in and and smash mouth you, and then they have the ability to spread down and throw it. Um, And they've had success doing it. So. That's a hard question.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, my co-host is a huge Seahawks fan, so I'm sure he (laughs) now has a new fan uh, in Weaver State. Coach, good luck for the rest of the season, and uh, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thanks a lot.
0: All right, thank you to Montana Parlay first off for the Parlay's picks. He's been doing it all year. Catching a little bit more fire at the end of the year here, making some people more money. Also, thank you to Coach Jay Hill from the Weber State Wildcats for joining Bear Tycoon in Spokane for the Big Sky Media Days. He was a pretty cool dude uh, from everything the Bear Bear Tycoon told me. Pretty cool pretty. I can't even say pretty cool dude. Yeah, great guy.
1: Great guy. I love that. I mean, I gave him an out not to talk shit on kind of the size of the conference and scheduling challenges, and he was like, no, let's talk about it. And I, I just liked how open let's he was shit. about it. Um, and it's just, he's a great coach to have in the conference, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um. One thing I want to get back to you: you mentioned you so you were not watching Big Sky games this weekend. You were at a Cal Wazoo game. Why would you go to that game?
0: Well, I I watched the Montana State game while uh while I was driving over to the to Berkeley. You were quite the it? place over there in the Bay Area. Uh, yeah, i on, on Pluto. Who was driving? Oh, uh, actually, um, I mean, it was like responsibly watching oh man you know okay. like don't do that ever and and, and the sound came on. no the sound <laughs> was like coming over the bluetooth so i wasn't like having to keep my eyes on the the ipad in the another seat got it okay well that's extremely dangerous anywho yeah anywho very dangerous i apologize to any motorists out there that i'm, I'm a pretty good driver very good driver i would say it convoluted. doesn't sound like um, it I am. And that's the thing is I'm very good at multitasking as well, but that's beside the point. Yes. I did go over to the Cal Wazoo game. One of my good friends down here, uh, is a Wazoo alum. They travel really well. So we went over there to watch that game. Quite, uh, quite the stadium in Cal, uh, 80,000 person stadium. And there was probably about 30,000, 25,000 people there. So it's about a half empty, massive bowl stadium. Uh, no atmosphere, but really, really a fun time.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, can you drink beer? And they serve
0: beer. They oh, serve beer. Wow, we were, wow we were on the at. same That's page there.
1: Go-to question with, with college stadiums. Yeah. because It, you just it never was
0: know. fantastic. So we get there, immediately go get beers, $10 a piece, of course. Then we walk to our seats, drink those pretty fast because we I think they were Bud Light and Coors Light. So we go back up there, get another beer, go to our seats, start watching the game. The one thing about beer sales at a college stadium is they're definitely not set up for long lines. We stood in line. For probably 25 minutes to get our last couple of beers before halftime, before they cut off sales. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But we did, we double fisted. We got two, two beers while we were doing that. These two girls um, come behind us in line and like, Hey, if we buy you guys a beer, can we cut behind you? And we're like, well, obviously we don't give a shit because you're not cutting in front of us. <laughs> the people behind us are probably going to care, but they're probably not going to say anything to you because nobody looked too aggressive. Yeah. And it's a pretty pacifist place in Berkeley. And so we, but we're like, we have two beers. So we're not going to be able to like buy. It. We're not. You're not going to be able to buy us because we can't carry three. And they're like, all right, just go stand over there. We'll get two each, and we'll each give you one of ours. So we actually went up there, got three beers right before halftime, chugged one of them so we could walk back to our seats. It was fantastic. It made the game so much better because it really wasn't an exciting game. I suggested for all college stadiums to serve beer.
1: Yeah, it just it makes a, a huge difference. Uh, I get the reasons why, right? Like I, obvious, yeah. But I mean, it's obvious, yeah. Now that I'm, I'm not. 20 years old. Um, it's nice not having to run out to the tailgates to uh, chug your alcohol for the game. As I just get
0: done talking about, I chugged a beer.
1: Yo, that's one beer. That's by choice, not by uh, necessity.
0: Necessity. You're right. You're yeah. right. Well, it was both, actually.
1: Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Um, it, was, it was actually, it was fun. It was really a fun time watching a Pac 12 game. Um, uh, no atmosphere, really. The weirdest thing is like, instead of having male cheerleaders at Cal, they have this platform that's right in front of the student section Uh and they have the cheerleaders on this platform. And then they have this guy, this college kid just yelling like to the students to get up. So it's not like a PA announcer saying, let's get loud Bobcat stadium or anything like that. It's just this kid's like, let's go Cal. Hey guys, get on your feet. Let's do it. And it has these speakers that are only pointed at the student section that are like these tower speakers it is the oddest thing when you're at a game and hear that.
1: That's, yeah. It is so weird. It's like not even part of the stadium, it feels like.
0: It was the oddest thing. And I've been to a Cal, two Cal games, and I always was so confused by it. And then this time I really paid attention to it. And, yeah, no mail chillers, just one guy in shorts uh, with a handheld microphone telling the student section to yell. Really weird. Hmm. Really weird. Hmm. Well, if you get a chance to go to a game in Cal, it's pretty fun. Yeah.
1: I don't see that happening. But uh, I'm glad you had a good time. And I, think I never thought I would have either, man. <laughs> all agree that uh, drinking beer in
0: the stadium is pretty awesome. Yeah, A-plus for Cal's beer sales. So let's go on to this week. So we, we again, we'll leave our two teams game – for last, and they're probably they're easily the two games of the week, so it's kind of nice that way uh, that we get to end with those. But we're gonna go in order of start time in the Mountain Time Zone. One that uh, God, I don't care about at all. Starts at noon. It's Northern Colorado at North Dakota. I mean, what do we even say about this one? I mean, North Dakota still fringe playoff, right? They're still fringe playoff. Um, one of the guys that
1: Hero Sports had them as like I forget either. Last three in or last three out
0: for the for
1: the playoffs. So I mean they need to win out, they need to close strong, but
0: um But you know who they have this week? I mean they obviously you know who they have this week, they have Northern Colorado. Yeah, who do they have next week? Southern Utah.
1: Oh yeah. So I mean they're they're gonna close out.
0: They should close out with two yeah. wins and Seven and four.
1: Yeah, that'll do it.
0: Seven and four with a win over Montana State. A close loss to Weber State. Um, that loss to Idaho State, though. Horrible, That's horrible, not horrible looking look good. There. That no, is a, but,
1: as bad as it gets. But no, so uh, good for them. But I, I truly, I feel like we always say, okay, like, hey, let's not talk this much about this game. And then we spend 10 minutes talking about it. It's true. Let, all right, on the count of three, we're done talking about this game. One, two,
0: three. Next game, please. Next game. <laughs> A one o'clock start, okay, Mountain Time. All right, you got the me. Weirdest, interested. the weirdest team in the Big Sky, somehow scheduled a game with BYU. That's this incredible. week of the season. Incredible, Idaho State. <laughs> Idaho State incredible. at one o'clock Mountain Time <laughs> is traveling to Provo to play BYU, at and it's I don't understand it. Like I don't get how that game even gets scheduled <laughs> it's so good in the it, middle of the season
1: it it not only perfectly captures idaho state's dysfunction it also is just the perfect highlight for the dysfunction in big sky scheduling um and i get you know things are kind of mellowing out um now that we get north dakota officially out our you know the idaho van or the idaho Vandals kind of the the games that they had with Florida Penn State. All right, we got those out of the way. Um Idaho State at BYU is completely inexplicable. I I feel like I got a tweet brewing in my brain where it's week 1 Idaho State week 1 by week Idaho State week 12 at BYU and then just a gif of someone doing the chef kiss. Like that's <laughs> that is this is perfectly Idaho State what do you think the final score
0: is going to be in this thing? BYU 5-4. and four, Looking at their last five games, they have a win at Liberty by 7, a win uh, versus Utah State by quite a bit. That win, I did see this game. Actually, I was watching it because it was like the last game on that day and I didn't have my football fix, was uh, BYU beating number 14 Boise State on the road. So that was a pretty big win. Yeah. So BYU's not a bad team. They're not great, but they're not bad. I'm going to guess 42-3. to three.
1: Forty-two to three. So we talked about this last night on Big Sky Big Takes, and everyone was kind of in that same boat. Like, oh, like forty-two to seven, 42 to three. Uh, Idaho State. In the past few weeks, they lost forty-eight to five at Eastern Washington. They let Southern Utah put fifty-nine points on them. They got, they lost to Northern Colorado. They lost to Montana 59 to 20. Like, what, why shouldn't BYU be putting up as many points as like Penn State put up on Idaho? Like, this is Idaho State is not kind of bad. They've demonstrated, they're very bad. They've demonstrated that they are very bad. Besides that weird North Dakota game, they're
0: bad. Uh, the only thing that I like, the only, Thing I can come back with on why I would put it at that is because this team is going to get a lot of people playing time. They're third stringers. The P, you know there's there's three games left in the season for BYU, so if they have any guys that they want to play these last three games and still redshirt them sure. to maybe get them okay. some P T. So the only thing I was thinking is it may not be I mean, it's obviously not going to be their first team. Probably in the second half at all. You play some guys that didn't get to play all season. You get them three games the rest of the year, and it's Idaho State, UMass, and San Diego State. Which what the hell is BYU doing with their scheduling? I don't. Idaho know. State, UMass, and San Diego State are basically all three FCS teams. Like San Diego State's an FBS team, but they almost lost to an FCS team this year. Um, yeah, very it's a very weird, weird life season, of
1: being but... an independent.
0: Right. Oh yeah, very weird. Um, but that that would probably be the reason why. I would have them not getting like absolutely shit canned like Idaho did to Penn State.
1: Yeah, BYU, uh, like you said, five and four overall, two and one against top twenty-five teams, five and three against teams with a winning record. I just, I don't know.
0: It's just dumb. This. It's weird.
1: This seems like they are going to stomp.
0: Yeah. Oh, they will. And you know how <laughs> they I will. feel
1: like whenever we play an FCS game, it's like well, the goal is. Uh, you know, I hope no one gets injured. I wonder yeah. if, if Idaho state's coaching staff is like, Oh boy, <laughs> I hope we clear out some of this garbage through injury. And then we can get <laughs> these guys off our roster. Just like, and...
0: just like uh <laughs> improvement through like attrition, injury, attrition, exactly. or just like, like just general disdain for football after this game. Just hope that whoever's next up
1: is not as bad as, as the guys they currently have on the field.
0: <laughs> like you can't, you can't, Like, fire somebody because they're old and live in California and you're going to get sued. Um, So it's like you don't want to demote somebody because maybe their parents will yell at you, so you just hope they get injured and the next person up is better. Yeah, you don't want
1: to hurt anyone's feelings, so hope they get injured.
0: Yeah. All right. Not a lot of beer probably sold at that stadium, huh?
1: No. No one's going to have fun at that game.
0: (laughs) And if there was, it'd be like 2.3% alcohol. Uh, All
1: right, what's the next game we got?
0: All right, the next game, another just absolute, you know, very close to being a game of the week uh, is Northern Arizona and their 4-6 and six record traveling to Cedar City, um, Utah, to play Southern Utah, the 2-8 and eight Thunderbirds, who I think we have second to last in the Big Sky podcast power rankings. Yeah, and they – So stink. just kind of like a shit game. Yeah, they both stink. Um, Northern Arizona is going to win this game because of Case Cookus. Uh, I think that's somewhat obvious. Um and yeah, the only thing if Northern that, if Northern Arizona can run against Southern Utah like they did last weekend against uh, Weber, it was a Weber, right? I'm getting that, all those games mixed up. No, Northern Arizona played Sac State. Yes. if they can run on Southern Utah like Northern Arizona ran on Sac State, they're going to easily win this game because Montana State ran all over Southern Utah. Uh, Joe Logan should should get maybe 300 to 400 yards against Southern Utah on Saturday.
1: All right, the only thing to watch for in this game is Case Cookies – he has 100 passing touchdowns, uh, which is the, the second player in Big Sky to hit that mark. He's second only to Vernon Adams, who has 110. Uh, now, granted, Vernon Adams did it in much less time than Case Cookis, but Cookis is facing a team that has given up almost the most touchdowns in all of the FCS. In fact, I think they're, Southern Utah is oh, god dang it i just had it up but they have one of the worst defenses in the league case cook is if he wants to catch them they're 124 out of i think 126 in terms of uh touchdowns given up this year if case cook is wants to catch vernon adams yeah, he has to have a big time game Let's but who who better to do it against and he closes out with southern utah and idaho so oh, it's yeah. it's that doable. record is as good as gone. It's doable. Ten touchdowns yeah. over these two games. So, doable. Yes.
0: Southern Utah, ten games, fifty-two touchdowns allowed, five point two touchdowns per game. You know who the second worst defense though, touchdowns allowed in the Big Sky is. You probably do because the stats are in front of you. You tell me. Northern Arizona with fifty per game. So this is two of the least. <laughs> these two teams are basically sieves when it comes to defense. <laughs> Like, wow, there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Yep. That is why I'm going to watch this game or watch it just to see if each team can get above 40 points. Cause it's, it's definite chance. They're each allowing about five touchdowns per game and something has to give. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a lot of points in that game. Yeah. That's about all we really need to talk about this game too. Yeah.
1: Next game got number six, Sacramento state traveling up to Moscow. This is my lock of the week.
0: You Idaho. Have Idaho winning this game, huh?
1: Idaho winning this thing outright. Uh, just got here, and so not only does Paul Petrino get up for games that and get his teams to perform, win where they shouldn't win. Um, I just think that he. I'm trying to pull up his stats. Um, he can he can improve a the vandals. tonight. He can improve the vandals to five and six. And that would be an improvement on last year, making it harder for them to fire him.
0: Would that be ball eligible if they were FBS?
1: Probably. Yeah, maybe they'll still get into the Boise bowl or whatever shitty bowl they used to play.
0: Maybe that's like, if they're like, we're going to fire you. And he's like, well, I would have been bowl eligible if he didn't make us drop down. This (laughs) is not what I got into. I wasn't trying to make playoffs. I was trying to make bowl games, man.
2: Yeah. So last
1: year, the past two seasons, he's won four games, went four and eight. And then last year in the FCS four and seven, he can get up to five and six. That's showing improvement. Now I think he wants to be fired. Um, Why not get fired and just collect that, that fat guaranteed paycheck. But um, I don't know, man. I just got a feeling. It's in my gut. The gut's wrong almost every time, but
0: I'm going with it. All right. I'm going to take Sac State here. I saw a video on Twitter of Kevin Thompson warming up, and I think probably everybody has already seen that Dak Prescott, how he opened up his hips on um, was that Sunday Night Football where they showed him warming up, and he's doing this weird-ass warm-up where he continually just opens his hips all the way down the field yeah. like he's dancing. Yep. Yeah, I saw Sac State quarterbacks doing that on Twitter this week. Kevin Thompson looks healthy. He's going to come out. He's going to lay it to Idaho. Uh, I think this is a now granted any setbacks, uh, you know, in the next couple days before this game. I think this is a Sac State win by twenty points. So you're taking it an outright win by the Vandals. I'm taking Sac State by twenty. Yeah. All right. We'll see win. who's closer there.
1: Outright win. I love it.
0: It'll be one that we're watching just to see if Sac State – They obviously, we talked about it. I was wrong. You were right that they do need this win to be playoff um, – guaranteed playoff, basically. So, uh, this would be a huge – would you say – okay, this this is interesting because Sac State has never been to that playoffs in the FCS. If they win this game, they're pretty much guaranteed a spot in the FCS playoffs. Is this the biggest game in Sacramento State history?
1: Def, well, yeah, I'd say so because you don't want to go into the Causeway Classic against UC Davis who needs a win. Uh, and have that be like a must-win game, right? Like yeah, you need so this to, is the biggest game now. in Sac State history. Yeah, I think so.
0: We're going on record saying that biggest game in Sac State history.
1: Yes, and they're gonna lose. So that is why uh, to Idaho. <laughs>
0: they're not. They're not. Okay. The next, uh, the last non-Montana school game is the latest kickoff, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, because it's in Cal Poly. On the Pacific time zone, Eastern Washington traveling down to Cal Poly. Cal Poly maybe one of the most boring teams I've ever watched in the history of the Big Sky Conference, so let's please kick them out. Uh, Eastern Washington, done, done. No chance of making the playoffs. No chance at all. Playing for just pride, and what else are you playing for in this game if you're Eastern?
1: I mean, I think to pad uh, Barry Arie's stats a little bit, um, get
0: him into the player of the year.
1: Uh, hype. Like recruit
0: Central California?
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I I probably won't watch this game.
0: No, I don't care about this game at all. Uh, Eastern Washington, probably a better team than they showed against um, Sac State when they lost 48-27 and the Grizz when they lost 34-17. Like, after those two losses, everybody kind of wrote them off as not being great. They came out and absolutely killed NAU. They beat Idaho State. Nothing to write home about. I mean, they're probably a better team than what their record is showing, but I, I kind of like them falling off, if we're, if we're being honest. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I enjoy them not doing well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's fun that knowing that this Eastern Washington game against Cal Poly is just really all about pride for the Eagles program. And like you said, uh, padding barrier stats. Love it. Um, yeah, so going back Cal Poly to, must have been on a bye last week, too, huh?
1: As interested as I am on this Eastern Washington game, I want to uh, interject one more Idaho fact.
0: Undefeat- it always comes back to Idaho.
1: Undefeated at home, by the way, except for, of course, one loss at Weber State, but it's a close game. So that Idaho Dome, it's they're going to be rowdy. This is the last home game of the year. <laughs> how, I, how many like people it? do they get into their games? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds of really rowdy fans. <laughs> hundreds, if
0: not thousand. Um,
1: <laughs> Let's see. Their last home game. Yeah, the Dome game. is going to be rocking. Last home game, 6,400.
0: Mo- Moscow. Mos- by the way, I did get – we're going to go always go back to Idaho. I did get uh, corrected. It's not Moscow, Idaho. It's, it's Moscow. Moscow, Idaho. Yep. I think I said – I must have said Moscow, which I did. I did say Moscow on the last um, podcast, and I did get uh, corrected by Brian. It's Moscow,
1: I like it. All right. Uh, Should we move on to the Montana schools?
0: Yeah. So we'll go in order of kickoffs. So the 1 p.m. kickoff, the game of the year in the big sky. We had a teaser when Weber State traveled to Sacramento State. I think that was 6-3 and at the time, wasn't it? I believe it was 6 versus 3 in that case. That sounds right. Sacramento State. Yeah, Sac State was 6. Weber State was 3. We get to do it all over again. Number 3 Weber State traveling to number 5?
1: Five or six, Montana? depending on the rankings, yes.
0: But depending on which which poll you're looking at. Um, the, I mean, I think I put it in the Slack earlier this week. I really can't believe it. It's just it's so funny how little, you know, if I'm going on Twitter and stuff. Everybody knows it's a big game, but like stats hasn't really talked it up massively. Hero really hasn't talked it up. This is the number three in five teams in the country playing in one of the best venues in the United States. Yeah, I still don't think it's getting the hype that this deserves. This is a phenomenal matchup with Weber State traveling to Missoula.
1: Yeah, and it is Grizz are uh, number four in the AFCA coaches poll, number five in yeah. the uh, Stats FCS
0: stats poll. Yeah. Um.
1: So it's either three versus four or three versus five. Uh, either way. Either way, it's uh, it's it's on route. So don't plan to watch this on Pluto. Make your adjustments if you're an out-of-stater. Find some bar to watch at because it should be a great game. The Grizz have been rolling. Weber State has been rolling. It's a, a you know a great offense going against a great defense. It, this is the the highest ranked team. I saw somewhere online this is the highest ranked team that the Grizz are playing in Washington Grizzly Stadium since that win against North Dakota State a few years North ago. North Dakota State, yeah. Um, it it's a huge game. If you care about look. We all like our two teams, the Bobcats and the Grizz. That's fine. Uh, but if you care about kind of the Big Sky Conference generally, this is a must, must watch game. This is, stop oh, what you're for doing, sure. Cancel your plans. Watch this game. It should be. We, we circled this at the beginning of the year as, uh, you know, this is going to be a great game. This is going to be a tough game for the Grizz, and it will be. But the season has just played out where now this is a premier game.
0: Yeah, and I think the difference between this, uh, the difference between this game and the difference between when Weber State traveled to Sacramento State is going to be the atmosphere. Like, this is one. If that Sac State Weber game would have been on Root Sports, you would have had people scrolling through, seeing that, and thinking that they were probably watching. Like, not saying the product on the field, but just the atmosphere in Sacramento State. You'd think you'd be watching like a big high school in Texas football game or something like that, right? Just because the stadium. Like that's not me shit talking the two teams because the two teams are very good teams and and I don't like shit talking the skill level of FCS because I think it's uh, I love the FCS football but it was just the atmosphere you're not going to stop and watch that game if you're a casual fan yeah this one being on Root Sports and being broadcast from uh, Washington Grizzly I think is such a good look for the FCS a good look for the Big Sky and adds so much more aura atmosphere whatever you want to call it to this game I'm, I am glad that it's in either one yeah. of these. If it would have been in Weber, it obviously is not as big of an atmosphere as Montana, but it still would have been better than Sac State. So I'm glad that this one is getting the venue that it deserves between a, a top five, two teams in the top five playing. So uh, I absolutely love that fact and love that you know that that uh, we get to put that that big sky reputation out there with it being in a fantastic venue. Yep, it's a premier
1: venue and it should be uh, uh, you know good temperature not going to be snowing it would be it would be sweet if it was snowing outside um but
0: so the weather's 46 degrees is the uh is the uh forecast right now in missoula 46 yeah. with a little snowflake under the clouds so there might be some flurries
1: yep and we have i mean there's a a couple unknowns Weber i would, state is is banged up um we don't know if josh davis is is going to play um we're assuming he is but you don't know. The Grizz are banged up. Sammy Akem got hurt last week. Uh, he's listed as the starter um, in the depth chart, the two deep. And it, we, there's just, there's a bunch of unknowns. I hope both teams are at full strength. I, I want the Grizz yeah. to win uh, a Dalton Sneed starting. Obviously I want the Grizz to win uh, against a Weaver state team that is at full strength not missing some of their best players because I don't want to hear you discount this as a win next
0: week. I would never. Um, it hurts that you'd ever say that about me. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope the Weaver states a full strength so they can beat that Grizz ass for sure. Definitely. Also of note, when we were talking about the weather, wouldn't that be nice? A 46 degree cat Grizz?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's the temperature looking like? Do we have
0: a, I don't know. I haven't looked at the Accu weather yet.
1: Right. You, you started on that Bobcat game. Um, And I will get our weather. This
0: is the second time you've done this to you. I heard I listened to the whole damn thing you talked about.
1: What's your what's your prediction of the Grizz game?
0: Um, Ooh. God, my head says Grizz win by three.
1: I love it. My heart
0: says we were state by seven. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be such a good game. I really don't uh see this one being a blowout in either direction uh i think obviously you know the Grizz are favored and a lot of that has to do with being at home yeah being on a pretty good streak right now um so that's that's the reason why i i say that i really do hope that i'm wrong i do hope that weaver state uh beats them but uh we'll see so should be fun either way so That is Weber State of Montana. Then we go to the last game on the slate, the last game that we're going to talk about on the slate, and it's Montana State traveling back to California, their second trip to California this year at 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time to play UC Davis. We talked about how uh, Montana-Weber State game was a game you circled on the schedule at the beginning of the year, and you're like, okay, the Grizz are ending with two tough games, you know, hosting Weber at Montana state, but then you looked over at Montana state schedule and you're like, all right, it gets real for them too." uh, we thought that UC Davis would probably be a top 10 team at this point. And so we were probably looking at this being a top 10, um, a battle of two top 25 teams. The season yep. hasn't gone for Davis how we thought it was, but it's still a premier matchup of, of, of two good teams. Um, I'm insanely excited for this game. I, I'm, I'm up, ready to go. It's going to be 75 degrees in Davis for this game. Just perfect California football weather. It's great. Shorts. Be 36 maybe bringing a sweatshirt for when Gris. the sun goes down. I'll take that. I, I will take 36 at Cat Grizz.
1: Yeah, that's the high for the day.
0: For sure, I'll take that. But this Davis game, uh, they've got two superstars on this team. Jake Meyer, who we've talked about kind of at the beginning of this pod, uh, just, a, you know, what is he, a top three quarterback in yards in this conference? Top yep. three or four? Yep. Um, he lost one of his best weapons in Keelan Doss to the NFL this year. Going into this season, he's found some other receivers that have stepped up. Uh, Gilman, I believe, is their running back, Alonzo Gilman, yep. if I'm not mistaken. Correct. He, he's a pretty good player himself. So Montana State's going to have their handful, uh, whether it's um, Mayer-Meyer passing the ball, whether it's, whether it's Gilman rushing the ball. It, it's going to be a tough game. Super excited for it, though. Um, you and know, I kind of talked about this a lot. I, ho- I really hope that they get Trey Anderson started in this game, uh, contributing on offense as quick as possible.
1: Yeah, and I appreciate that they are um, – I like the, the late kickoff, 5 o'clock Mountain Time, um, which gives you enough time to go watch the Grizz game and then immediately – start the Bobcat game is going to start right after that which is kind of the best case scenario you got your whole Saturday planned
0: your whole Saturday planned out I do love that um the late start for the cats in this one for sure like I said I'll be at the game those four o'clock starts give you so much time to you know ease your way into the tailgating um, where you don't feel like you have to pound uh, all your beers as quick as possible just to get into the stadium this is a nice this is the tailgate that you like yeah
1: well we if hope you so. we if don't you know play, if you play it the right way yeah we don't know if is true exists.
0: yeah we may be just parking like on the side of 80 or whatever highway goes by Davis just to to pound our beers You're and just standing there with uh,
1: a few tall boys and a t-shirt cannon and just having yourself a
0: day <laughs> just, just having a just having a blast <laughs> um yeah it's <laughs> i I am honest honestly just looking forward to this game it's back to that schedule where um it's the most important game of the year. Every, you know, The next two games are the most important games of the year. You don't look past Davis to get to the Grizz, obviously. Uh, that's probably one nice thing is it is a, an opponent like this where Montana State knows they're not going to waltz in there and win. Like Maybe if this game was mixed with the, the Southern Utah or the N- UNC game where they maybe look past Southern Utah or UNC knowing that the Grizz are the next week. So I'm kind of glad the schedule worked out this way. You know the Cats aren't going into this game looking ahead to the Grizz and thinking they can cakewalk through Davis. It's going to be a fantastic game.
2: Yeah, teams I are, have
0: confidence yeah, teams in the are cats so even. to win this one too.
1: Our Sagarin ratings, Montana State 123, UC Davis 126. That's about as close as you can I think that's the closest matchup we've had all year. We've had, yeah. Um, it is probably
0: the closest we've had all year.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh and same same uh we got two <laughs> UM eighty seven, Weaver State ninety. So three points uh separating both these teams in these games. Pretty exciting. Uh I all I want to see out of this game is Troy Anderson more and more of Troy Anderson, um, because watching Tucker Rovig is just not cutting it for me anymore. It's not very fun. No,
0: it is it's not, not very not fun. And This UC Davis and we kind of talked about uh, Eastern Washington's record probably not being reflective of their team as a whole. This UC Davis team, such a weird season for them. You know, they almost I mean they they hung with Cal in their opening game. Uh, they should have been beat by San Diego, a non-scholarship school from the Pioneer League. They did pick, they did get that one, and then they they went to North Dakota State and played them pretty tough. They they lost by 11 to them, and then they kind of they got beat down by Montana, a bad you know a loss to North Dakota. They just started off their their FCS slate pretty rough uh, when yeah. you take a look at that, and kind of lost a lot of their momentum. You know their wins against Cal Poly and Southern Utah and Portland State are really not that impressive to me. I know people say that they may not be as bad as their record shows. I don't think they're as good as some people still have in their heads about bless you about you. UC Davis. Um, I don't. They're obviously not as strong as they were last year. You know, I, I think people think they may have hit their stride here at the end of the year for the Montana State game and then the Causeway Classic. I don't think that they're still as good as a lot of people think they are. They've had some pretty, you know, their wins haven't been impressive, and they almost lost to San Diego. Yeah. So well, I think we, uh, we said I think this, it's gonna be a good game though. We said
1: this last week. They don't have a bad loss on their schedule, but they don't have a good win on their schedule. Right, and
0: which leads to them being five and five and three and three in conference is like they're just there, right? Yeah.
1: So I mean, to do to make the playoffs, they have to do something they haven't been able to do all year, and that's beat good teams. Montana State. I don't know. Yeah, both ranked in the
0: top ten. And I don't know if this is true or not. This may be something that someone else can fact check us on. I'm trying to think back. I don't think Montana State has played the Aggies since Dan Hawkins has been the head coach there yeah and that would mean and this may be just way off. they may have played them like in the last season, or I don't know whatever they didn't play them last year for sure, but uh, that would mean that the last time Dan Hawkins faced faced the Montana State Bobcats it was when Montana State was beating Colorado back in
1: 2005 or six. Oh awesome.
0: So do you think this is a revenge game for Dan Hawkins?
1: Definitely he definitely remembers that. He definitely remembers that Montana state game.
0: Fairly certain he got fired like that year or the season after. So Montana state definitely um, contributed to him getting fired at Colorado. And, And that's the one thing I do worry about is the Dan Hawkins revenge game.
1: Yeah. I'd be worried about a few other things, but that is one of the things you should be, you should be worried about.
0: So, but it's going to be fantastic weather. It's going to be a fun game. And, you know, the team may not be looking forward to Cat Grizz, but I'm definitely um, – these last two games, the excitement for both of our teams. Like, it's just such an, a fantastic way to end this season uh, with two high-profile games leading, uh, culminating with Cat Grizz and hopefully both teams making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, last time the Bobcats played UC Davis, it was in 2016. Uh, Chris Murray was your leading passer with 66 yards. Yep. Um 27 13 win. Who won?
0: You guys. Oh, sweet. So we can win without passing for over 70 yards.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel even better now. Honestly. That was that was a great stat. And I appreciate that. And I'm fairly certain Hawkins' first year was last year. Am I correct there? I think so. I it, he was definitely not there in 2016. Okay. Oh, that was and then seven, uh, yeah, so yeah, definitely wasn't there. So yeah, the last time the cats played, uh Dan Hawkins, it was uh when he was with Colorado and they knocked they beat them with a field goal. Knocked, knocked
1: him out of a job.
0: Yeah, they, I was going to say, like, knocked him out of the tournament. I don't know what the hell I was thinking of there. Yeah, he started um, in
1: 2017.
0: Yeah, so we definitely have not played Dan Hawkins since then. I haven't seen that on Twitter. I'm like, surprised Greg Rockhoch or uh, any of those guys, even the, the Skyline guys haven't said that, or maybe I just haven't been paying enough attention to them. No, the
1: Skyline guys seem like they've been... I didn't
0: steal quiet. that. By the way, I did not steal If... If that was already tweeted out, I did not steal that from anybody. Okay. Well, Disclosure.
1: Who knows? Um, they. I feel like Skyline's gone, been not tweeting as much as they used to. So hope everything's
0: okay. I think they're more, I think they're more podcast media now.
1: Oh, okay. Makes sense.
0: Um, Different avenues. All right. Do we have any watches? No. The Eagles were on by last week, so nothing from Alex Singleton. Well, no, that's exciting. He probably had a nice little weekend. Probably put his feet up chilled a little bit just hung out. out yeah yeah but besides that uh only thing i have is a is a guess who's back and that would be montana state hoops they almost beat uh, utah state oh yeah number 17 utah state down in utah um so pretty fantastic start to the year for the montana state bobcats and then they had uh frontier power conference rocky mountain college come down to bozeman to play them Come over to Bozeman to play them. And uh they they, they knocked them around pretty good to like the tune of thirty-five points or something like that. So um Monteste basketball's back, baby. Good. Uh Danny I Sprinkle.
1: gotta give out our award for the uniform of the week. It's something we do every week, sponsored by uh the Hotel <laughs> Finland war uniform of the week, Eastern Washington's basketball team. You see these guys' uniforms? No. They have a skyline. What <laughs> well, I'm assuming is the Spokane skyline. Is it Spokane? Uh, or Genie. Um, they have some skyline on their uniforms, which makes it seem like they play in like a huge city. Uh, we'll tweet that out. If I don't think the, I don't think Chini the club, has a
0: skyline, do they?
1: Well, it, I can't, it might just be, you know, like sometimes schools will have like their little skyline of like all yeah. their buildings. It might be that, but if it's that, that's kind of sad. I mean, it's not like a impressive or uh, notable campus.
0: Yeah. So that's interesting. I'll to ch- I'll t- send me that when you can. I will. I will. Please. Uniform of the week. Eastern Washington.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's All it. Right. No news from Osweiler. No boat news for her boy. Uh, uh, Houston. So we are
0: just keep only uh, The only keep thing I can real. say is if Gresh, if, when Gresh Jensen listens to this episode, Gresh transfer to Montana state next year, please.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and tell uh, Bob Stitt. I'm not
0: saying anybody will pay you because that's tampering, but... Just... Yeah,
1: tell Bob Stitt I said hey. Yeah, just
0: please just come to Montana State. You'll be a hero.
1: Yeah. All right, buddy. Next time I talk to you... All right, you... well... Ooh, actually, um, oh, actually. Almost got off, but uh, next week, Big Sky Big Takes, we are doing a special Two Grizz, oh, yeah. Two Cat episode, and then Nate and I will do uh, our regular song and dance, The the... Day it's Cat Grizz week,
0: man. It's, we're all on call next week. God, it's we're so all exciting. on call. Cat Grizz, it is
1: next weekend.
0: Next, next weekend is Cat Grizz, and I am so excited.
1: Yep, I man,
0: it's been real. All right, everybody, thank you for listening. No interview today because we got it out of the way first because we were we were responsible. Yeah, but we did during boys. the podcast instead of just throwing it on at the end.
1: Our boys and gal from uh, Lenny Lou and the Bird Dogs who are playing, playing us uh, out the night before. Yep cat Grizz,
0: so check them out i was right all right everybody we love you and we will see you next week and we'll be talking about cat Grizz. but have a fantastic week don't don't take this weekend for granted because we have some fantastic games
1: later, later.